I want to start. Are you ready for the word, everybody? Man, I'm just now, I, I want to preach, man. I'm, I'll preach for four hours now. <laughs> I'm really hungry to preach. I mean, imagine me not preaching a whole month. I mean, I, that doesn't even happen in December. So, so yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I want to preach. Okay, so let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 14. I think it's a good place to start, and then we'll get, go on from there. Right. So verse 2 says the following. For you are a holy people set apart. Hey, you holy thing. You holy people of God. You are holy, a holy people. Okay, so this is the old, but we know that everything in the old is a, not, well, a shadow or a type or a prefigure or a parable of the things that were to establish, be established in the new in Christ later. So Moses came and he established certain things as a prophet and uh, so that those things, and he said, God will raise up a prophet after me, and him you must listen to. That's Acts chapter 3. So, uh, so Moses said, you need to listen to Jesus. All right. Okay, so, so don't mind my little girl here. Just think. Uh, get your attention on what I say. Okay, so. For you are a holy people set apart to the Lord your God, and the Lord has chosen you. To be a peculiar people to himself above all the nations of the earth. Okay, so you are called to be a peculiar people. A peculiar people. (laughs) I think the church is a group of peculiar people. (laughs) So if if you take the meaning of the word peculiar, it says different to normal. So if you are trying to fit in being a Christian, you're kind of missing your mandate. You're missing the point. Okay? So a peculiar people is different to normal, different to what normal expectations are. It's strange, (laughs) eccentric. So you will do things that the world would think is strange. You will say things that the world would think is strange, uh, not to be expected, uh, eccentric, Weird, in some, in some uh, context, the word peculiar can be weird. But also, the word can be particular or special. So I think it's a, it's a bit of both. <laughs> so peculiar people is a special people that he consecrated, set apart for himself to do things that is not to be expected. To do things that is strange to the natural people. Okay, so to do things, they live from a realm that is not visible to the natural eye. And they say things that they hear from a place that is not uh, audible to the natural ear. Live from a source that is not accessible to the natural man. So we are a peculiar people. All right, so I want to jump from here to, and I got it specifically out of, Deuteronomy chapter 14 to show that from the beginning, from the old, even from in the time of the law, God had this plan to have a peculiar nation, a peculiar people, all right? His own special people set apart for him to do certain things and to say certain things. So Psalm 118, book of Psalms 118, 118, 118. Okay, so now, He starts off in Psalm 118 saying, 
Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy and loving kindness endure forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy and loving kindness endure forever. So what is mercy? Mercy is forgiveness and compassion. That's mercy. You can check it up in any dictionary. It's com- compassion. Mercy is, uh, is forgiveness and compassion. His mercy endures forever. Okay, so what he's doing now is he's setting a context for what is to come. Okay? So the context of everything to come in the book, uh, in the, the, the chapter of Psalms 118 is the mercy of God that will endure forever. Okay? So he says, verse 2, let Israel now say that his mercy and loving kindness endures forever. So God is adamant about this. He needs us to say it. He needs us to believe it. His mercy and his loving kindness endure forever. Let the house of Aaron, the priesthood, now say that his mercy and loving kindness endure forever. Now, we know, according, if you read Hebrews, especially chapter 7, uh, the whole book of Hebrews, 8 verse 1 says, now the main point is that we have a new high priest. We have a wonderful new high priest, which is Jesus Christ, that is high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And so Melchizedek has been before Aaron was, but Melchizedek is a different priesthood. So there's a change of priesthood. But the mercy endures forever. All right? <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> if, you, if you know the, the chaos in our house, you, know, you wouldn't really worry about this. Okay. Okay, so Israel says, the house of Aaron says, the priesthood says, his mercy and his loving kindness endure forever. Why is the priesthood uh, relevant? We'll check it out in, in Revelation chapter 1 and chapter 5 a bit later on. Okay, so now he says, Let the house of Aaron now say that his mercy and his loving kindness endure forever. Let those now who reverently and worshipfully fear the Lord say that his mercy and loving kindness endure forever. So that's you and me. We worship him. We fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I'm not afraid of God, but we have the fear of the Lord, which is a supernatural thing. It's reverential, worshipful awe. Okay? So he says, Out of my distress I called upon the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free in in a large place. So if you know the mercy of the Lord, guess what's going to happen next? Supernatural deliverance out of every situation that you need help with. So the mercy and the grace of God, they go together. Thank you, Yakutron, for that message that you sent. Awesome. Awesome word. Okay, if you don't know, don't worry. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so. uh, Out of my distress, I called upon the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free and in a large place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Uh, Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 says, in the context of finances actually, he says, uh, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Okay? And he says this, the Lord has said, uh, I will not leave you helpless nor forsake you nor relax my hold on you assuredly not. Okay, so whatever your financial situation is, don't be filled with greed. Don't be filled with your own plans to try and make a plan. God himself said it, that he will not leave you without support. And then he says this phrase. He says, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear what can man do to me. Okay, in the context of finances. So he says, verse 7, the Lord is on my side and takes my part. 
He is among those who help me. Now we know. John chapter 14, 15, 16, 17. The Holy Ghost is our helper, the paraclete. The, the one that stands next to us, doing it in our behalf, for us, in us, through us. Uh, our helper, our intercessor. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is the, the power by which everything will work. So the Lord is on my side and takes my part. He is among those who help me. Therefore shall I see my desire established upon those who hate me. Okay, so we are in the New Testament and we pray for those who hate us now. So Jesus said, pray for your enemies. <laughs> so we don't call fire down. Jesus said, we, you don't know of which spirit you are. To, to uh, you know, the sons of fire, James and John. So, No? Who was it? Jameson? I don't know. Yeah, whatever. I'm, I can't remember now. But the sons of fire, they wanted to, to pray, rain down on the, uh, fire down on the people of God. Jesus said, you don't know of which spirit you are. Okay, so, verse 8. It is better to trust and take refuge in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Verse 9. It is better to trust and take refuge in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. So politics are not going to help you. <laughs> so our confidence are in the Lord. We remain confident even though it looks like the whole world has lost their minds. <laughs> and they have. I mean, the stuff that people are fighting about now is just absolutely ridiculous. Okay, verse 10. All nations compassed me about, but in the name of the Lord, I will cut them off. They compassed. You can, you can cross-reference Psalm 37 there. Uh, all the... Uh, the evil people, God will cut them off like the, the green grass. So don't you worry about them. Don't worry about the people that prosper in the evil way. Okay, so verse 11. They compassed me about, yes, they surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord I will cut them off. They swarmed me like bees. They blaze up and are extinguished like a fire of thorns. In the name of the Lord I will cut them off. Okay, verse 13. You, my adversary, thrust sorely at me that I might fall, but the Lord help me. What's your adversary? Is your adversary poverty? Is your adversary sickness? Is your adversary whatever it is? If whatever your adversary is today, he says, the adversary thrust sorely at me that I might fall. Maybe it's a character flaw. Maybe it's greed or lust. Maybe whatever your adversary is, it's still an adversary. But it says, but the Lord helped me. Okay? So whatever is standing against you, the Lord will help you today. Okay, verse 14. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Wow. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents and the private dwellings of the uncompromisingly righteous. So, those who are the righteous? The righteous are those who say, Give thanks to the Lord for his good, for his mercy and loving kindness endure forever. The righteous are those, if you take it to the new covenant, the new testament in Christ, the righteous are those who receive the abundance of grace, Romans 5.17, and the free gift of righteousness. How do they receive it? By faith, they believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. They believe in the blood of Christ shed on the cross. Those who believe, they are the real righteous. So it says, the voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents and the private dwellings of the uncompromisingly righteous. That is the peculiar people. 
That is the nation that is set apart. That is the group of people that God has chosen. The group of people that he's dwelling with, on whose side he is, and within whom he dwells. Okay? And that is you. If you believe. If you don't believe, believe now and get saved. <laughs> okay. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly and achieves strength. So where do we get also the references to that? Isaiah 53 says, Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? So the right hand of the Lord achieves valiantly and achieves strength. Does valiantly achieve strength. The power of God is released when we have faith in what Jesus Christ has done. The message, the report. Isaiah 53, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. So be healed and made whole. All right? So the right hand of the Lord, the power of God to heal, the power of God to cleanse consciences, to forgive, the mercy, that's the the, uh, uh, forgiveness of God, that's the... um, compassion of jesus the compassion of god towards you and the grace that's the help of the holy ghost uh so receive it and be made whole and be made strong that's the power of god okay so he says in verse 16 the right hand of the lord is exalted the right hand of the lord does valiantly and achieves strength or power he says i shall not die but live amen this peculiar people is not supposed to die but live this peculiar people is, is to inherit eternal, everlasting life. Right? So I shall not die but live and shall declare the works and recount the illustrious acts of the Lord. Okay. So I don't, I'm not really, I'm not a Hebrew scholar or a Greek scholar, but I've written down some stuff that I want to, uh, forgive me if I say it wrong. I don't know if I have to say, express this, the C, uh, S sound or a K sound, but it says, Sephor or Kephor. He says, yeah, that's the word declare, and I want you to take notice of it. I will live, I shall not die, but live and shall declare the works. So there's works that need to be declared, okay? And recount. The illustrious acts of the Lord. So that's a different phrase that that original thing could be translated into. That is to declare the works or to recount illustrious acts. Now it says, the word kephar says, it means count, recount, relate, rehearse, talk, or count exactly. So it is to recount, to think, to remember, to exactly give or to rehearse it, to act it out, okay? But it is to make known the works. It is to declare it, to make known the works of the Lord in accuracy. So, which means that, it says, the right hand of the Lord is exalted, which refers to the power of God being expressed, signs, wonders, and miracles. And now in declaring it, Speaking it, thinking of it, counting it, exact recollection of those works. When we think of the right hand of the Lord and we start speaking of the testimonies, they, they overcame by the uh, word of the Lord and the, and the power of the testimony, the blood of the Lamb and the power of the testimony. 
So we need to think about the works of the Lord. So uh, there's certain works that the Father shows. There's certain works that the Father reveals that no one else can see. And when you see those works, you need to declare them. And if you haven't seen it being done before around you, you need to do them and demonstrate them. So there's certain works that you will see from memory, from what you have seen God do. So, I mean, there's many, uh, there's so many hundreds of DVDs of miracles available. If I just think of all the miracles that we saw with Spirit Word Ministries, with Prophet Kubis van Riensberg in his life, I mean, it happened right around us, right in front of us all the time, and we partook of it. He, he uh, invited us to walk with him and to minister with him. I mean, we took hundreds of crutches and threw the stuff, and the people walked away from crutches and wheelchairs and walkers. We laid hands on the people going through the miracle pool, and we saw signs and wonders and miracles. We pulled people out of wheelchairs in that time, and we watched him do it. We saw how many people raised from the dead in that church, okay? And it just kept on going. The cancers disappeared, and blind eyes just popped open, and deaf ears just started hearing. And if I t talk about deaf ears with Marnas now they're in Potsdam, every day they see deaf ears popping open, popping open. They see incredible miracles every day. They go into the streets of the city of Potsdam and they just see miracles and signs and wonders. They empty out the hospitals. They just go everywhere and the people just get healed. Okay, signs and wonders and miracles. And we've gone in the here into Mamalodi for years, since 2003. And we've seen signs and wonders and miracles to Mamalodi Hospital. We've taken people weekly for, for more than a decade and saw signs and wonders and miracles. People getting healed of all kinds of things. People getting delivered and free. So now there's so many to draw from. So meditate and think on all the works of the Lord. And if you can't remember anything, just go and watch it. Go uh, look in, in the Bible all this, the works that the Father has done. All the works of the Lord that He has done through the exalted right hand that achieves strength. Think on those miracles. Meditate on those miracles. Get a mindset of miracles. Okay, and then go do it. So the declaration of the miracle is not only you telling or recounting it. The declaration of the miracle is also you demonstrating it. All right? You with me? So you're a peculiar people. You're set apart for certain works. To declare works, how do you declare works? Yes, you remember what you saw someone do. But how do you also declare something? You make known what is unseen or unknown. The mystery is made known through you. So you better get your hands on the sick and declare the works. And then tell everybody about it. <laughs> so, so a declaration of the unseen can be through word, but it can be through action. So I shall not die but live and declare the illustrious acts of the Lord. Okay? So we need to declare it by doing it, and we need to declare it by recounting it and accurately remembering what happened and speaking about it. Okay? So, for instance, just, just one that I want to tell you just, just to get the point through. Um, some years ago, a couple of years, I don't know, three maybe, four years, three, three years, I, I can't remember. Uh, so I was, I was visiting an old lady in, uh, in an old age home. 
I don't even know if she's still alive, in her 90s. And she was, man, full of the power of God. But she couldn't remember that much. But she was telling me about revivals that happened years ago on my dad's farm. Not, I mean, that whole story is, still blows my mind. But, okay, she was, was talking about, and she recounted the acts. She recounted, and she told me what happened there, and how the fire came on the roof of a little church, and the church is still standing, a small little church, church standing on the, on the farm. It's a different section of the farm than we have, than my family has, but uh, the, 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 if you stand on top of a cliff and you look down, you can still see the little church there. Okay, so uh, heavenly flames on the roof and the people came like in Azusa Street in the early 1900s. The flames coming in the fire brigade came to put out the flames, but it wasn't natural flames. It was heavenly flames. Is that that exact same thing happened there? So and she would tell about how Pastor Robertson would would walk and he would pray in the spirit and he would rub his his uh, trousers like this and he would be just gone in the spirit and then this one would stand up and give testimony and that one would stand up and give a prophetic word and it was just the Holy Ghost power and she was re- recalling she was recounting she was telling me exactly what happened. She can't remember what she ate for breakfast, but she, she, she told me, and she came under the influence of the Holy Ghost, and then she prayed for me and laid hands on me. All right? And I got this WhatsApp message from my sister-in-law, and she said, I need to please go pray for this lady. It is a colleague of hers, wife. And this lady just got a heart attack and blanked out and everybody just tried to revive her. They couldn't, but they kept on doing CPR and the ambulance came and they got her, but she's hooked up on this machine in the, uh, the ECMO machine in what's the hospital? I forget it altijd in Centurion. Unitas Hospital in Centurion. Okay. On this machine. So there's nothing. They don't get the response from, from the brain the machine is keeping everything going, but all the, all the things that they can measure is just keeping on going down. There's nothing they can do. The doctor, the, if they switch off the machine, it's over. Okay? So I said, I contacted the people, and I said, listen, I would like to pray for her. So I drove to the hospital. I sat there waiting, and uh, then her husband came and with another family member, and they let me pray for her. Now, I just came from a recounting of acts of the Lord. I just came of thinking of, man, the flames on the roof and what happened in the, and how many people got healed and blind eyes and deaf ears in that little church that was on our farm. <laughs> and I was just blown away by this. Whole, and I was just, man, it's so fresh in me. And I'm just thinking of the, the acts of the Lord. All right? So I was there. And here, now the family comes, and they say, okay, I can go pray. So I went into this ICU isolation room in this, this machine, and it's this thing. Okay, so uh, they stood there next to her, and I could just basically stand kind of at her, like this is the corner of the bed, like I could stand here and just, I stretched out my hand over the bed. And suddenly, there was a cloud around me. Not visible, I felt it. Felt the presence. It was just like a cloud around me. And I was just like, whoa, what? 
is the presence of God was just around me. So real, so strong, so heavy. And I put my hand on her and I prayed. Just simplicity, in Jesus' name, we pray for life to come. In Jesus' name, all, and I just, I can't remember exactly what I said. Simple prayer I prayed. And I felt the cloud move over her, like this. I just felt like a movement moving over her. All right? So I said, something happened now. I'm, I mean, there's no way I can deny it. Something happened right now. <laughs> so I said to them, listen, okay, I need you to just uh, inform. You have my sister-in-law's details. Please just tell her what happened. Uh, but I believe something happened right now, and I believe God did something. So I left. So, I mean, I was in that room maybe 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes at the most. <laughs> Not a long time. So, uh, but I felt the presence of the Lord so strong. So the hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord achieves strength. He does valiantly achieve strength. So why does the right hand of the Lord achieve strength? Because he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our, uh, our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we were healed. So by the mercy of God that endures forever, that was demonstrated at the cross, the right hand of the Lord achieves valiantly and, and achieves strength. All right? So I left. So maybe half an hour later, got a message on WhatsApp saying her heart started beating spontaneously. Doctors say this is a miracle from God. They can't explain it medically. Okay, so she basically came back from the dead. So they had to do all kinds of tests just to see if her brain is still fine because it was just, there was nothing. Nothing on her brain. Okay, so uh, she went, uh, she, some time later she woke up. The next day they discharged her. She went home the next morning. From nothing, no brain activity, to going home the next morning. From the most intense ICU isolation to home less than 24 hours. I mean, come on. So the doctor just says, miracle. But just for prevention's sake, they did install a pacemaker, and she now, <laughs> she's walking with it just to make sure that thing doesn't just, you know, freak out again. Okay. Miracle from God. The right hand achieves strength. Why? Because we are a peculiar people. We are set apart. We are made holy. And the right hand of the Lord achieves strength. So what is the confession? I shall not die, but live. She did not die, but live. Why? And shall declare the works and recount the illustrious acts of the Lord. Thinking of what the Lord has done. Man, I'm so on this point now. There's so much to say still. <laughs> Let's just see where we go. But okay. Now, just remember Jesus. When he was 12 years old, they went... Uh, and he was teaching in the temple. The family went on traveling, and they thought he was among the kids, but they couldn't find him. And they, they sought for him. They couldn't find him. And they found him in the temple teaching the, the scribes, teaching the priests. And they were astounded at his wisdom. They were astounded at his knowledge of 
the scriptures, it is knowledge of the law and the prophets. So they said, son, how could you do this to us? You know, uh, we were worried about you. He says, did you not know that I have to be busy with my father's business? Okay? So the father's business. John chapter 5, Jesus says, I only do what I see my father do. So what does Jesus do? He declares the works that the Father shows. So what did Jesus say? He declared the words that the Father speaks. And in that way, he made the unknown, unseen Father seen and known through his words and actions by the right hand of the Lord, by the power of the Holy Ghost that was upon him. Seeing in the unseen, declaring it. Hearing in the unseen, unheard. (laughs) And declaring it. What I have not seen, what ear have not heard, neither has it come up in the heart of man. It's the things that God has prepared for them that love him. The peculiar people. Okay? God has prepared works for you. God has prepared words for you to deliver. You need to speak what the Spirit is saying. And you need to do what the Spirit is showing you. Because the Spirit is showing Jesus and Jesus is showing the Father. And the unseen Father will be made visible in you. And you will declare the illustrious acts of the Lord by being reminded of what Jesus has done. That's why those miracles have been recorded in the Gospels. Think on them. And then when you get in a similar situation, remember it with accuracy. Count them. Recount them. And then do them. Okay? So watch the miracle DVDs of A.A. Allen. Watch the miracle DVDs of Kubis van Riesburg. They are showing the Father. They are showing the right hand of the Lord. You can see what the Lord is doing in their lives. Watch Oral Roberts. There's all the faces up there. Uh, we can't have, we don't have video of John Lake, but we have books. We have, uh, there's Kenneth Hagen. How many miracles? There's uh, Reinhard Bonnke. There's, uh, oh man, Catherine Kuhlman. The people just jumping up in the crowd, being healed. Incredible, astonishing miracles. There's William Seymour. There's uh, uh, William Branham. There's uh, Smith Wigglesworth. And and what's it, Welsh Revival? Um, Evan Roberts. Uh, All these people. And there's many more. When you see them doing something, I got this revelation one day praying with a friend, and I, we were watching a video of Amy Semple McPherson, and she was, there was some video clips of how she built her church, Angelus Temple in Los Angeles, in uh, the United States. And I got this revelation. I saw her doing what the Father showed her, which means I can do it. Because I see my father's business. So that means I can do it. So if it's been revealed to you, you can have it. If it's been shown, you can have it. And now you can recount it. Now you can say it. But even more, now you can do it. So when T.L. Osborne uh, got in contact with William Branham, T.L. Osborne and his wife Daisy went to India and they didn't get anyone saved. And they didn't understand why, but they worked. And for the time they were there, they saw nothing. They came back to, to America. 
And his wife said, oh, yes, William Branham, we might as well go to the meetings. There's miracles and stuff. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Those things are gimmicks. She said, it's not like we're showing anything. So they went. And he saw William Branham ministering. And he saw the miracles. And he said, I can do that. So they went back to India. And they advertised, come see the blind sea. Come see signs and wonders and miracles. And the people came. And man, signs and wonders and miracles. This Hindu, blind Hindu priest got, got delivered, got uh, healed. And man, the rest is just history. Signs, wonders and miracles. You should see the photos of the crowds of Teal Osborne. Why did he get the crowds in India? Signs, wonders, and miracles. Why did he get the signs, wonders, and miracles? He saw what the father did in someone else's life, and he recounted it, and he said, it's revealed to me, I can go do it. So if you see miracles, don't criticize it. Go do the same. If it's revealed to you, it means it's given to you. So Deuteronomy 29 verse 29 says, the things that are hidden belongs to God. But the things which are revealed belongs to us and our children forever, so that we may do that what is written in the law. So if, if something is revealed, that's God sh- giving it to you, showing it to you for you to do. All right? So you can do every miracle that you see on any miracle DVD if you believe you've got the same Holy Spirit on in the inside. The Lord, the right hand of the Lord achieves strength. The, light, the right hand of the Lord does valiantly and achieves strength. Okay. I shall not die but live and shall declare the works and recount the illustrious acts of the Lord. The Lord has chastened me sorely. See Jesus hanging on the cross. The Lord has chastened me sorely. So that's the, mis- the, the uh, mystery. That's the, the gospel of Jesus Christ revealed. That's Jesus hanging. The chastening, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. The Lord has chastened me sorely, but he has not given me over to death. Jesus was raised from the dead. Open to me the temple gates of righteousness. Jesus said in John 10, I am the door. So the door is now open. Revelation chapter 4, 5, uh, I saw a door standing open in heaven. The veil is rent, the door is open. I will enter through them and I will confess and praise the Lord. Confess and praise the Lord. I will, my words will confess Him. So my words will speak Him, paint the picture of Him, His works, His miracles. Okay. So he says, uh, this is the gate of the Lord. The uncompromising righteous shall enter into it. So what's the gate? He just said it. He has chastened me sorely but not given me over to death. That's the cross. Jesus said, I am the door. So Jesus, the, uh, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19 and 20 says, he opened up for us a fresh new living way through the uh, separating curtain, which is his flesh by the power of the blood of Jesus. So through the cross, through the broken body of Jesus, the gate is open. The door is open. Now he says, this is the gate. The uncompromisingly righteous, those who believe, shall enter through it. I will confess, praise, and give thanks to you, for you have heard and answered me, and you have become my salvation and deliverer. I want to read this again, man. This is just too much. I will confess and praise and give thanks to you, for you have heard and answered me, and you have become my salvation and deliverer. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is from the Lord, and it is His doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. It's from the Lord. It's His doing. 
It's marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has brought about. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It's not the day Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. The day that he's speaking about is the day after Jesus Christ died on the cross. The day that we can receive righteousness and salvation by simple faith in the Lord Jesus Christ in the cross and blood of Jesus Christ. Okay, so this is the day, the day that we can walk in where we can recount the illustrious acts of the Lord, where we can do it, where we can walk and the right hand of the Lord is revealed to us who believe the report of the gospel. Okay, so he says, save now, we beseech you, O Lord, send now prosperity, O Lord, we beseech you and give to us success. So yes, the prosperity is financial, amen, and the prosperity must come now so that we can just really make an impact in the world. There's so many preachers who've got a word but got no money and they can make no impact in the world. So yes, Lord, save now. We beseech you, uh, oh Lord, send now prosperity and Lord, Lord, we beseech you, give to us success. What's the success? The success is obedience to the Holy Ghost. The success is being surrendered to the Holy Spirit. The success is the right hand of the Lord being exalted because of faith in the cross of Jesus Christ. All right. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord, you who come into his sanctuary under his guardianship. The Lord is God who has shown and given us light. He has illuminated us with grace, freedom, and joy. Man, that's so awesome. Decorate the festival with leafy boughs and bind the sacrifices to be offered with thick cords all over the priest's court, right up to the horns of the altar, etc. The amplifier. You are my God, and I will confess, praise, and give thanks to you. You are my God. I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy and loving kindness endures forever. I want to tell you, his mercy towards you endures forever. That means his forgiveness and his compassion will endure forever. And if you receive that mercy, man, there's a whole lot of infinite grace that you can receive. Hebrews chapter 4 says, come to the throne of grace that you can receive mercy so that you can receive grace and well-timed help coming when you need it. That's the right hand of the Lord. So it's mercy and power. The grace is the power. The grace is the help of the Holy Ghost. The grace is the right hand of the Lord. Right. That was Psalm 118. Let's go to First Peter chapter 2. Man, I, I, I mean, this is the second scripture. I don't know <laughs> how we're going to get through this, but let's just see. So First Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2. Are you still with us are you watching okay all right can we get some comments and clappy and happy and whatever okay okay <laughs> and a woohoo and a waha and a amen and okay okay all right so first Peter chapter 2 so be done with every trace of wickedness depravity malignity and all deceit and insincerity, pretense and hypocrisy, and grudges, and envy, and jealousy, and slander, and evil speaking of every kind. He just says, be done with it. Which means, there's power coming from God to help you to be done with it. Alright? 
Like newborn babies, you should crave and thirst for and earnestly desire the pure, unadulterated spiritual milk. I believe that is the gospel. That by it, you may be nurtured and grow into completed salvation. Since you have already tasted the goodness and kindness of the Lord. Come to Him then. The person. The Lord. The Spirit. Come to Him then. That living stone which men tried and threw away. But which is chosen and precious in God's sight. Come and like living stones be yourselves built into a spiritual house. For a holy, dedicated, consecrated priesthood to offer up those spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God through Jesus Christ. So there's a couple of scriptures that connect with it. Hebrews chapter 12, let us have grace by which we can serve God acceptably. Uh, So he says... uh, Romans chapter 12, bring your body as a uh, living sacrifice to God and offer it up. Um, and be, don't be conformed to this world, but be renewed by the entire renewal of your mind. So let your mind be renewed by the word. Let your mind be renewed by the scriptures. So he says, come like living stones, be built into a spiritual house, which means that you become the dwelling place, manifested the dwelling place of the glory of God. For a holy, dedicated, consecrated priesthood. And to offer up those spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable. What's the spiritual sacrifice? You can go read Romans chapter uh, uh, 12, verse 1 and 2. It's you uh, worshiping God. And it's you bringing your body as a living sacrifice. Okay. That are acceptable, pleasing to God. For thus it stands in Scripture, Behold, I'm laying in Zion a chosen, precious, chief cornerstone, and he who believes. It's not everyone. This inclusion, universalism, lie that everyone is saved. No, it will destroy your life. It's a different voice. It's not the Spirit of God. It's deception. It will destroy you. It is he who believes in him. Who at years trust relies on him shall never be disappointed or be put to shame. Verse 7. To you then who believe is the preciousness. Not to everyone. To you who believe is the preciousness. But for those who disbelieve, it is true. The very stone which the builders rejected has become the main cornerstone. And a stone that will cause stumbling and a rock that will give men offense. They stumble because they disobey and disbelieve God's word. As those who reject him were destined to do. So the stumbling is the unbelief at the preaching of the gospel. The rejection of Christ. So God isn't worried about all the bad stuff that you've done. You believe in the blood of Christ. It's washed away. You're holy. Separated. Set apart for good works. So the point is, do people believe or or, or do they reject him? That's what matters in the new. Okay. So to, uh, to, to disregard faith is fatal. Fatal to people. Verse 19. Uh, no, it's not 19. I scratched so much. Verse 9. But you are a chosen race. So you're chosen by God. Everyone who's cho- chosen, uh, you need to... You need to 
arrive. You need to come. You need to pitch up. If you're chosen for the rugby team and you don't come to the practice sessions, you're not going to be in the team. Okay? You need to come. You need to, you need to come and say something and do something. You need to come and surrender your heart to him. You need, even if you're chosen, you better pitch up. A royal priesthood, a dedicated nation. So there's the special in Deuteronomy chapter, or uh, the peculiar people, that's the special. It's special to him. It's particular to him. Okay? So he says, a chosen, dedicated nation to our purchased special people, that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So he has called you out of darkness into marvelous light. So if you don't come into the light, you're not going to be sent. You're called. You're chosen. So come out into the marvelous light so that you can be sent. Sent to do what? So that you can display the virtues and perfections of him. So that you can do, set forth the wonderful deeds. You are called to miracles. You are called to the exact same template that Jesus Christ demonstrated when he walked on the earth. Right? That same power, that same miracles is yours. But you need to walk in it by faith. You need to come to the table and do it. All right. So he says, once you were not a people at all. So that's all the Gentiles. That's us. Okay. Once you were not a people at all. But now you are God's people. Once you were unpitied. But now you are pitied and have received mercy. So mercy always precedes power. Beloved, I implore you. As aliens and strangers and exiles in this world to abstain from sensual urges, evil desires and passions of the flesh, your lower nature, that wage war against the soul. Conduct yourselves properly among Gentiles so that although they may slander you as evildoers, yet they may be witnessing your good deeds, signs, wonders, miracles, and come to glorify God in the day of inspection when God shall look upon uh, you wanderers as a pastor or shepherd looks upon his flock. Okay, so uh, I wanted to say some other stuff out of First Peter 2, but we need to move on. Okay, so he says, uh, let's shun away from all the lustful stuff. Let's shun away. Let's not be uh, like the normal expectation of what humanity is. People want to justify everything. He says, but hey, you are a peculiar people. You are set apart. You are made holy. Hebrews 10, verse 9 and 10, he has, uh, according to this will of God, he has made us holy through the offering of the flesh body of Jesus Christ once for. You are holy. You are set apart. You are sanctified. So now he says, just conduct yourselves according to it. He says, uh, receive this grace. Receive this mercy so that you can walk in the power of God instead of walking in the lusts of the flesh. All right. So the stone which the builders rejected out of Psalm 118, 1 Peter chapter 2. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief of the corner. Uh, we don't have time, but you can also reference it to Zechariah chapter 4. Okay, so uh, the, the finishing of the gable stone with loud shoutings of grace, grace upon it. Jesus Christ, the stone that was rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Now come. And be built like living stones into a holy habitation. You are the habitation of God. God wants to reveal himself and declare himself through you. 
I don't know if I mentioned this, John chapter 1 verse 18. No one has ever seen the Father, but Jesus has come to declare him. That word declare, set forth. Make known. It's the same. It's different languages. One out of Greek, one out of Hebrew. It's the same. The one is to, to speak it, a, a, a recounting it, remembering it. The other is to actually be doing it. Uh, to declare the Father. The Father is unseen. No one has seen him. But now the Father becomes seen by the word becoming fish and we see the glory. Now the Father becomes seen by the Father doing works of glory through us. All right. Okay, I'll step off first, Peter, too. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll be here the whole day. Okay, so, Revela- before we go to Revelation, quickly, Titus chapter 2. Just one verse, verse 14. Uh, start at verse 13. Awaiting and looking for the fulfillment and realization of our blessed hope. Even the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Christ Jesus, who gave himself on our behalf that he might redeem us, purchase our freedom from all iniquity, and purify for himself, with his own blood, purify for himself, a people to be peculiarly his own, people who are eager and enthusiastic about living a life that is good and filled with beneficial deeds. Do you see it there? Okay. So he says, verse 14 in the King James, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Okay. Uh, urge, encourage, warn, rebuke with all authority. So, those beneficial good deeds. It's not helping the old lady over the street. You can. That's good. And if the Holy Spirit say it, do it. And it's good and it will include it. But he's talking about something better, something higher. He's talking about John fourteen twelve that says, if, you, if anyone believes in me, he will do the works that I do. And even greater works than these, because I go to my Father. He declared the Father. He is now declaring the Father to us. He gave us his own spirit. We are now one. Christ in us. We are in Christ. As Christ is in the Father, and the Father is in Christ. So that we can declare the Father. So that we can show the works of the Father. Okay. Quickly need to jump to Ephesians 2, and then we do Revelation. I'll be as quick as I can. Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined and planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. So even though the path has been prepared, you need to still take it. Okay, it's by faith. This idea of God's sovereignty, everything that's happened is God's, God's will and you have no power over it. Hey! You have a role to play by faith. You need to do it. If God is sovereign, he is not sovereign in the sense that he's doing everything. That's a lie. He is the sovereign, the person, the king of kings, which means everything he says you need to do. <laughs> if he's sovereign, we need to acknowledge his sovereignty and be obedient or be yielded to his will and his word. Okay, 
Great. That's out of the way. Let's go on. So, so that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Right. Remember that at one time you were Gentiles in the flesh. So we were not always saved. Wake up. Called uncircumcision by those who called themselves circumcision in the flesh, made by human hands. Remember that you were at that time separated, living apart from Christ. We were were not always in Christ. Pre-existence nonsense. That doctrine is from the devil. It's not true. You didn't exist in God. God existed from everlasting. He created me. Now I exist. He who is from everlasting is inside me. But I was not from everlasting. I was born in 1979. Excluded from all part with him. We were excluded. Because we were not of, of the nation of Israel. We had no hope in him. Utterly estranged, outlawed from the rights of Israel as a nation, and strangers with no share in the sacred compacts of the messianic promise, with no knowledge or right in God's agreements, his covenants. And you had no hope you were in the world without God. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were so far away, through the blood of Christ, have been brought near. He himself is our peace. Our bond of unity and harmony. He has made us both Jew and Gentile one body. And has broken down the hostile dividing wall between us. By abolishing in his own crucified flesh the enmity caused by the law. Okay, I'm not going to read everything. But do you see that there's works? Now that you've been reconciled to God. Do you see that there's works that we need to show? Do you see that we shouldn't look like the world and be like the world expects us to be? We should not be the normal. We should be peculiar. We are sanctified, a peculiar people, that we may declare the works of the Lord. Uh, and, And that is so powerful. It releases so much life. I shall not die, but live and declare the illustrious acts of the Lord. Speak about it. Testify it. But also be doing it. Okay. Revelation. We're not going to read the whole of Revelation. Don't worry. You can, but I'm not now. Okay. Do we still have people watching? <laughs> okay, luckily at home now, you can, you can even, uh, you know, look at your roast in the oven, and it's not going to burn, it's going to fi- be fine. So I'm going to go for it, okay? <laughs> okay, Revelation. One. Verse 5, he says, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful, trustworthy witness. So what did the witness do? He declared the Father. The firstborn of the dead, first to be brought back to life. The prince, the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who ever loves us and has once for all loosed and freed us from our sins by his own blood. God's mercy. And formed us. Into a kingdom, a royal race, priests to his God and Father. You see the priesthood there. But it's a, the, there was a change of law, says Hebrews 7. That means there must of necessity be a change of priesthood. So we are not under the house of Aaron saying the uh, mercies of God endure forever. We are under the high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And he's Jesus Christ, the apostle and high priest of our faith. And... 
because of him, under his high priesthood, we say, uh, give thanks to the Lord for his mercies endures forever. Okay. He formed us into a kingdom, a royal race, priests to his God and Father. And to him be glory and power and majesty and dominion throughout the ages and forever and amen. Okay, so he has formed us a royal priesthood. Revelation chapter 5. I want you to see the cross. I want you to see the mercy. And then from there, I want you to see the power outflowing. Okay? So Revelation chapter 5 says... Verse 9, and now they sing a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and break the seals that are on it. You, for you were slain, sacrificed, and with your blood you purchased men unto God from every tribe and language and people and nation. So the peculiar people is not from natural birth, the, the Israelites or the Jews, but from them also but also from every nation and kingdom and tribe and tongue. No one excluded. Those who believe is the peculiar people. Those who believe out of every nation and tribe and tongue. And you have made them a kingdom, royal race, priests to our God, and they shall reign as kings over the earth. You have made them a kingdom, so, Hebrews 12, let us receive a kingdom which is stable and firm. Let us serve God acceptably. Okay, receiving a kingdom. It says, you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, royal priesthood. And they shall reign as kings over the earth. You're not going to reign over the earth from heaven one day in heaven. You need to reign over the earth now. Not in the sweet by and by, but in the nasty now and now. If the church is not going to stand up and rule, I'm not saying politically that didn't work. We can learn from history. I'm speaking about the spirit. I'm speaking about ruling over sickness and disease. I'm speaking about ruling over poverty with the word of God. I'm speaking about doing the illustrious acts, recounting it, demonstrating it, declaring the illustrious acts of the Lord, the right hand of the Lord that achieves strength. We need to rule by the Spirit of God. Uh, again, Romans 5.17, those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness will reign as kings in life, not in death, in life. I will not die, but live. He has given us life. It's a kingdom of life and light. It is everlasting life. It's not life that's supposed to end. There's no scripture that says you're supposed to die and go to heaven. But there's many scriptures that says whatever is in heaven is supposed to come here. So if you die, yes, you do go to heaven to wait until you come back at the resurrection. Because First Thessalonians 4 says when he comes, he will bring them who died in Christ with him. Here, here. And this earth will be recreated. Creation is groaning for the sons of God to be made manifest. So when are we going to be made manifest? When we understand the sons are a peculiar people. When we understand that we are sanctified for good works. When is the good works going to show forth the glory of God? 
When is it going to happen? When we believers actually start believing and start doing it. You have been called. You have been called to good works that has been prearranged for you. You don't even have to try and push it through. It's there. You can just do it. If you can see it revealed to you by the Spirit, you can just walk in them. You have been made a kingdom. You are a royal priesthood. You are kings and priests unto our God. And you're supposed to rule and reign over this earth. That's what God said, the king of kings says. King of kings. King of kings. So if we are kings receiving grace, if we are kings being made a kingdom, being made a royal priesthood, man, maybe we should just start saying what the king is saying. Is Jesus king? Is he king or is he not? So if he is, we need to do what he says. <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And these signs will follow them that believe. That's what he said. He didn't say, just go be normal with the world. Don't stand out. Just be like a secular humanist and die and go to heaven. He didn't say that. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And these signs, wonders, miracles will uh, follow them that believe. And he said, if anyone steadfastly believes in me, he will do the things that I do and even greater works than these because I go to my Father. Not he will sit here until you also go to the Father. He went there because we are in him and so that we can be with the Father. That's what he said in John 14, so that where he is, we may be also. Now, so that we can do the works on earth and demonstrate, declare the illustrious acts of the, world, of the, Lord, and, uh, of the Lord. If we declare the unseen God to the world and show the life and show signs and wonders and miracles, they will believe. But if we give them the religion, they will knee-jerk, react to it, and we will see exactly what we're seeing in the world today. So, it's not so much that the world is losing their minds. It's just that the world is reacting to dead religion. If we can give them something of substance, something that is real, something that they can recognize that can give them hope and joy, they will believe and they will come. Psalm 110 says the people will offer themselves willingly in the day of God's power. What we need is that. So what we need is the power of God. The right hand of the Lord achieves strength. He does valiantly. So are you now going to be the right hand of the Lord? We need to preach the gospel in power. And we need to demonstrate it by signs and wonders and miracles. Everywhere. <laughs> you are a peculiar people. You are designed to stand out. You are sanctified to stand out. You are separated for these works that will blow the minds of everyone else. Holiness is not quietness in a corner. Holiness is to take over the show and heal the sick and raise the dead. Holiness is walking down the street. Peter the Apostle, and they're carrying out the sick so that the shadow can just flow over them so that they can be healed. Holiness is you walking down the street, and as you touch someone, they get healed. 
taking a crutch and throwing it and saying, walk, and they walk. So holiness isn't this idea of, I'm not doing anything wrong. No, I have done things wrong, and then I went boldly and healed the sick, and they got healed. Didn't make me less holy when I messed up, because I'm made holy by His blood. I'm marked with His blood, set apart for Him, for His works. I've said this many times. If a, if a Ferrari goes off the Todd Road into the off-road country, he will go like five meters and get stuck. So it doesn't help for him to stay there and cry all the time. He needs to get back on the highway and go as fast as it was designed to go. Get it. Your mistakes doesn't define you or end everything or end your call. Just receive mercy, receive grace, and get into the works that you were designed and called for. I don't care what you just did. I don't care. If you receive mercy right now, you will heal the sick and raise the dead. If you got, got saved two seconds ago, you can heal the sick and raise the dead and cleanse the lepers, just as he said. All right. So you are a peculiar people. Designed to show forth the good works of the Lord. All right. So I hope this message has blessed you. So there's more. <laughs> I think this is, a, this is a very good foundation, this message, to speak about life, eternal life, immortal life. So uh, watch out for the, um, the devotions this week. I'm going to go on with life and healing. So uh, I really believe God wants to heal every person. And he's going to do it by the life that he revealed in himself. All right, so I want to pray for every person that's watching and also everyone in the building. And then we're going to uh, end the stream. So I hope I didn't lose you an hour ago. <laughs> but I, I pray that this word will really uh, deeply impact your life. And I pray that power will be released so that you can set forth the works of the Lord. Okay, so Lord Jesus, I thank you for power to be released. I thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost and power in every person's life and boldness to speak your word fearlessly while you stretch out your hand, performing signs and wonders and miracles. Lord, I just pray every person watching to be impacted. I pray that for every person watching to be uh, uh, endued with power from on high so that they can do the things that you call them to do. All of us. In Jesus' name. Lord, I just pray, let this message impact countless people all across the world. And I pray for signs and wonders and miracles to flow out of it. In Jesus' name. Amen.